0: Welcome back to episode number 145 of The NP Dude. This is Jeff, the NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's everybody, I don't care who you are. If you have a problem, an issue, or you just in plain general don't know what to do, you email me, Jeff at the NPDude.com. I have been more responsive, I've been just kind of responding to people. Um, and I used to just do a podcast on it, so I need to do more podcasts because I just end up responding because sometimes it's quicker. I don't have the time. I'm really, really really low on time, but I got a couple good ones today I want to go through and, um, hopefully clarify some things because I got, there's a, uh, big misinformation one on the NP contract Facebook page that I just need to kind of clear up a little bit. And uh, everybody seemed to be wrong on that one. I don't know why. I think it's the emotions. People get emotions involved when it's their money and they start making stupid choices. So um, I'm going to go through that one. But what I want to do first is the housekeeping. Everybody loves the housekeeping. How do you support the show? You tell your friends. You tell your colleagues. You tell people on Facebook. You tell your classmates in your NP program. There's this wacky dude in Ohio that is an attorney and an FNP. I work as an FNP full-time. And uh, I help people with contract stuff at night and weekends, and do my podcast and just just craziness. Cub Scouts, it's crazy. It's been crazy. Um, but but you tell your friends. That's the best way. I get more people calling in, calling me or or PMing me. I should say not calling me. Said hey, so and so told me about you, and and I remember so and so. They had a good comment, good question. So that's a great way to support the shows. So let other people know. You can also support the show financially. By uh, using the Amazon affiliate link, it's really the main way that I, I support the show financially to uh, to help keep this thing going. And what you do is you go to my website, thenpdo.com. You click on the Amazon banner. You do your purchasing you otherwise would have. It doesn't cost you anything more. I promise it doesn't. But what it does do is it kicks me a very small percentage three, four, five percent just depends on what it is of what you purchase. So if you buy that can of dog food and it's 99 cents, I'm going to get like a nickel. That's awesome. I'll take it because I'll put it in the coffers and I'll use it to pay for web hosting. So I appreciate you guys that are doing it and uh, keep doing it. It's a great way to support the show. You can also give a donate. Good old donation. There's a donate button there. You have to use PayPal to do so. The other way you can support the show is if you're in Ohio only. I still to this day get probably two or three people a day saying, can you please review my contract in, in... in oklahoma or arizona or or california no i cannot and if somebody that is out there that is an attorney that says oh yeah i can do that they're lying they're not supposed to be doing it now can they physically do it sure no problem they might even give you great advice the problem is is it's against the supreme court or the the state supreme court's rules it's just like being an np you can't cross state lines unless you have a license in the other state same thing with for lawyers. So I can't do it anywhere else, but if you want me to review your contract in Ohio, it's a great way to uh, get an excellent service. I am very, very affordable compared to others. I've had people go to attorneys that have offices with their name and gold letters and little, the little scales of justice on the window and all that good stuff. And they pay significantly more. Don't get a good review, have a problem and then call me. And for peanuts, I help them get out of it. So it's, it's a great service. So use me, I'm available. All right, let's jump right in. See, that was only three minutes, you, you, you haters out there. You always say it takes seven minutes. No, three minutes, 32 seconds, baby, done. Housekeeping. All right. Facebook. Love me some Facebook. I love seeing people get things wrong, and then I have to correct it. It's great. All right, so here's the deal. Person says, and I'm going to change a little bit of it. You guys are on that forum, you're going to know what it is. You're going to know exactly what I'm talking about because somebody called me a man, what'd she say? I was mansplaining. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. I'm mansplaining. You're just mansplaining. I could just hear him saying that to my face. Would you say that to somebody's face? You're mansplaining. <laughs> I'm not mansplaining. I'm lawyer splaining. That was my response. Love it. 10.99 employee, you go to work for a, 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 an employer, okay, which isn't really an employer, it's a business, okay, they're not your employer, you go to them, and they say, you know what, well, we'll sign you on as a 1099, you're going to get some training, and then you're going to start working and seeing patients, and we'll pay you when you're seeing a full case load, so first off, foremost, my, my, the lawyer in me is saying, okay, whoa, 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 we got to really define these things, well, that didn't happen, in, in the Facebook thread, okay, it's pretty wishy-washy on what the definitions are of full caseload, okay, is it 19 people, is it 18, is it 12, is it above 10, is it 25, is it 50, can you even attain it, and the training is for four weeks, they've been training, okay, and they haven't been paid yet because you're, you're in 1099. You can get paid once a year as a tenant. People forget this. They, they think that, oh, well, I go to work and I do my job and it's the same thing I would do as an employee, but now I'm at 1099 and I should still get the rights and you know all the rights and privileges of being an employee. You do not, you do not. You're a contractor. I could pay you once for the year. All right you see all these patients in a year. I want you to see you know 3,000 patient visits for this year and you need to hit a uh, an average of a nine99 two one 4 99214 I don't know it's pretty unattainable, but let's say they put that in there, in the, the 1099 contract and we'll uh, we'll give you 400 grand if you can do that. but if you don't do it, you get nothing. That's a perfectly legitimate, legal, enforceable contract. You could go work for a year with no potential compensation, but you might make 400 grand, might be worth it to you to make that deal. Uh, you see what I'm saying? It's There's no guarantee. So the, the, the question was, 1099 contractor, I have a four week period where I'm going to train for two weeks, but I could get more if I need more training. It didn't specifically spell out what the training was and if it was paid or unpaid. It was vague, but it said that you get paid when you get a full patient load or something like that. That was kind of what I gleaned from the, in the Facebook post. It was vague. The the answer here is, is go talk to a lawyer. If you're really concerned about it, that's the answer. They're going to read the document. I'm not reading your document. Because I don't think you're in my state. If you're in Ohio, I'll read your document. <laughs> but you're not. I don't think you are. So the the question is is did did you did, did you do just a shitty job negotiating? And that's what it sounds like. So you got to know what you're doing when you're doing a ten ninety nine. You can't go in blind. First job out of school ten ninety nine. Uh, you, you know you made a mistake, and now you may have some repercussions to it because you may have a non compete. I, I don't know. You got to look at that. Oh, well, here's the responses that people were giving advice: Sue them. You got to get out of there. Yes, I agree. You need to get out of there, but I don't know if suing them is a great option. You got to read the contract. You got to see what you got to do. The first thing you do is you go talk to a lawyer. That's the good advice. Somebody said, um, and this was the thread that I was getting on. I, I don't remember exactly what the word, wording was. Sue them in small claims court, um, and you. Um, but you got to look at the contract. Okay, well, that's horrible advice. First is you look at the contract, and you might be able to sue them. Okay, not sue them, like definitively, and then come back and say, oh, well, but you got to look at the contract. So that, wasn't, that, wasn't, that put a bad taste in my mouth. Okay, anyways, the problem with the 1099, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right, is that you're your own boss, period. You, you, your boss, you, screwed up the negotiation. You, <laughs> screwed it up. They didn't do a good deal. You should have paid a lawyer up front to help you with your 1099. And even that might not have helped you because if you got the wrong lawyer, they're going to help you with some of the pitfalls, explain it to you. But you're a new a new grad. You don't know the business yet to be able to be smart about the business side of it. So it's it's going to be a good life lesson. And you're probably going to have a bad taste in your mouth about 1099s in the future. And you're going to tell everybody else, don't do a 1099. It's a horrible way to go. 1099s are fine. I would 10 99 It just has to be the right deal. It's got to be beneficial to me. Because I got more crap I got to deal with. I got to file my own taxes. I got to get my own health insurance. I gotta... The price goes way up for that. So and it's, I'm not afraid of 10 99 You shouldn't be afraid of it either. You just got to be smart about it and learn about it. Don't just go in blind and say, okay, I'm done with school. I'm ready to go be a, a provider. Here you go. Sign this. That doesn't work that way. That's, you got to be smarter than that. People are going to take advantage of you. And then you're going to realize after the fact that you're going to be screwed because you might have a non-compete for a year, two, three, five, who knows, right? If you signed a horrible deal, what other parts of that contract are a bad deal? So the answer to the question, can you work for free as a contractor? Yes, it happens every day in other industries. So let me give you a couple of examples If I was still working as an engineer, I worked for free as a contractor all the time to larger companies. My company, as a contractor, would work for free. We would do proposals of millions of dollars of proposal time, energy spent, man hours, 100 people working on a proposal to get a a multi-million dollar engineering contract. We would spend a a million dollars, would be a blink of an eye, for free with the hopes that we would make that money back in the future. So if you say to somebody, you know what, I wanna train for a month under your expert tutelage, and I wanna become just like you, and I wanna know everything you know, and I think it's gonna take me four weeks, I'll do that for free. But after that, I'm gonna be seeing 18 or 20 or 25 of your patients a day, and I want more money. And you better plan for that in your in your financials, that your month of not working, is buried into the cost of when you do start getting paid. That's business. It happens every day in other industries. The fact that you were once an RN and an employee has tainted your mindset of business. This this philosophy of fairness in business doesn't necessarily exist. <laughs> if you make a contract that's unfair, as long as it's a, a legally authorized contract and nobody put you under duress and put a gun to your head to sign it and you signed it, you made a bad deal. There's not an unfair issue there. Is it a crappy thing to do to somebody to take advantage of them? Sure. Yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a scummy, it's a scumbag move. Maybe that the manager that pulled that contract out of the drawer didn't even know what they had and just started, yeah, just sign this one. It's like the one Bob signed a year ago. It should be okay. And that happens all the time because people are cheap and don't want to get a lawyer. I actually review it. I mean, even large hospital institutions. I've reviewed contracts for people, marked up the contracts, and I guarantee that that in, those individuals that I've, I've marked up have taken that agreement to the hospital because subsequent contracts from the same institution to other clients of mine have incorporated the exact wording that I've marked up on my contracts from when I've reviewed them for people. That's a slimy thing to do. I didn't get paid from that from that hospital to for my legal work. To, to, you, know, to, you know what I'm saying? They they should have paid the lawyer to do that. But no. They stole it from my from my markups. So uh, might am, am I upset about it? I'm a little peeved about it. But the bigger thing is is that they're at least incorporating the good language in the contracts. So somebody's actually looking at it now. So it's like it seems like up until I've been reviewing these contracts in Ohio, it's like nobody's looking at these damn things. They're just signing whatever. you guys scare me? Don't just sign the contract. Read it. You guys got to read it. All right. So the the 1099 thing, don't be afraid of it. Um, But you got to be smart about it. And yes, you can be a free worker bee out there doing your job and doing it for free until something in the contract uh, actually triggers payment. And you can get paid once a year. You can get paid once every six years, whatever. But it's got to be in writing if you go outside of a year the statute of frauds and that was one of my responses to this individual was she's it was uh you you know um, you need to read it you read my comment you didn't you didn't read it thanks next time read before you post and I'm like no I did read it but you don't understand the law because the statute of frauds may not apply statute of frauds is a statute it's a common law so it's kind of a misnomer it's not an actual written statute but it's an old English common law that still persists today in American law that says that, um, if the agreement, and I'm going to mess it up, so if there's a lawyer out there listening, don't judge me, but I'm going to get the the gist of it, because it is very convoluted and complex, and it's like old English, like Beowulf written, (laughs) it's it's like reading Beowulf, it's a statute of frauds, and we spent a lot of time on it in law school, but basically it comes down to this, if you as an individual in a contract, um, could perform it within one year, um, then then you don't have to have it in writing. Okay? No, other way around. See, I'm even confusing myself. If it couldn't be completed within 1 year, it has to be in writing. Is how it's is how it's stated. So basically it's if your contract, if if you have a written contract, then it's um you know it's 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 it basically puts puts the onus on the parties to put it in writing. Is really what it comes down to. That's the the gist of statute of frauds. But there's certain things that are specifically mandated that must be in writing, per the statute of frauds, like real estate transactions. Um, um, I don't know, there's a bunch of them. I can't remember them right now. But real estate is the big one that stuck out in my mind when I was thinking about this. But an employment an employment contract, especially a 1099 contract, I think falls outside of the statute of frauds. So you don't have to have a written document for a, um, for an employment contract. And you just go and say, Hey, I'll work and do this. And you do that. And then you get a, a contract. It's, it can be verbal. I wouldn't do that. Cause how do you prove it? Right? So that's stupid, but it just makes it difficult. So that's what, that's where I was going with that. The, um, the, the problem here is, is that the 1099 situation is going to scare people. And that's, I don't want people to be scared of it. That that was my moral of piping in on that, that whole thread. I don't think people should be afraid of ten ninety nine. You just gotta be smart about it. And and I the big thing for me is I get frustrated when I see new NPs or NPs of any age, it doesn't matter. it seems like more seasoned NPs kinda of get it that we're we're professionals in this in the sense of a business standpoint. In that we we um we can ask for more. That we we need to be treated with higher respect. That we can't be taken advantage of. That kind of stuff. The the problem I have with with the RN type mentality is, is we're not we're not employees. You know, you can't be an employee, but you got to tr- treat yourself as though you're you're not an employee at this point. You're a professional. You kind of have to rise above that mentality of oh well, I get time and a half, and uh, I get uh, you know I, I I should get paid every two weeks, and I just I, I'm an employee. Well, it may be but you got to work the deal. Not always. You can be a contractor and not get paid. It sucks, doesn't it? it sucks. Do a better job is all I can say. You got to do a better job with your contracting. All right. Second one I'm going to talk about today. This is stemmed over the last several weeks from people that I've reviewed contracts for, um, personal friends of mine, as well as, um, people, clients, right? Somebody's driving down the road, and they got their dress hanging out of their little mini cooper, and it's almost to touch the ground. I feel very bad for them. <laughs> if it starts, it's like almost ready to rain, too. Their dress is going to be soaking wet. That's a bad day. What kind of dresses? So let's see what they look like. I'm pulling up next to them. Oh, she's a, she's very attractive. Okay. Sorry about your dress. All right. The, um, the second one is this issue with With red flags in contracting, this is what I'm calling this segment. (laughs) Red flag, red flags in contracting. All right, the um, there's a bunch of them for me, and I've read hundreds of them now in for APRNs, And the the common theme for red flags are going to be these. People are going to immediately assume I'm going to say. non-compete clause. And that's one of them, but not, not always because the non-competes are in most of the ones I read. Okay. Almost all of them have a non-compete. The, the, um, the bigger red flag for me is if there is anything in the contract that has obligations of similar nature between the employer and the, the contract employee, not 1099, when we're talking about contract employee, but it, it could carry over to 1099 too, I guess. If there's anything that should be symmetrical or, or um, quid pro quo, right, they, they need to be even. So, like, if you see a termination clause that says employer can terminate for uh, with no cause with 30 days written notice, guess what? It should be the other way with 30 days written notice. If you see it says 90 days prior written notice from the employee to terminate the contract, that's a huge red flag for me. That's a scumbag move. That means that they only have to give you 30-day notice they can shit-can you, but you have to give them three months? That's not fair to me. So you, you bring that up and say, why, what's your issue here? That's how I approach these things. I don't sit there and say, oh, well, I'm not going to do that. I say, what's your concern with this issue? That's my negotiation tactic for everything. You can always ask, what's your concern? Oh, well, we got bitten last time. Okay, well, what, what's the circumstance? What What are we worried about? Oh, well, they, uh... They picked up and left, and they left within, you know, a week. Okay, well, I'm not going to do that. Wait, let's make it 30 days. Okay. See? See? And if they're not willing to work on that with you and, and change that, because that's a, just a weird type of thing, that would be one that I would be like, yeah, it's a huge red flag, dude. Let's switch that. And if they're not willing to switch it, guess what? They're not going to be a great employer. Don't go work there. Red flag. Okay? Tail coverage is a big one. If it's not even contemplated, that happens a lot. But if they put the onus on the employee, that's a big deal for me. Because that's their coverage, because I tell everybody, get your own policy anyways. So it doesn't really matter. It's only for their benefit. And if you got your own occurrence-based policy, you don't need to tell. So if they put it in there, they I don't care, we're going to put you on our claims-made policy, which a lot of them have to. They'll put you as a rider, because that's how they get um, their insurance uh, third party payers will mandate that you're insured through them and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes they have to do that, but you're going to still have your own policy. We've talked about that a bunch. I'm not going through it again, but if they make you pay tail, that's another big red flag for me. Okay. Another red flag. Let's see what else I'm going off the cuff because there's there dozens of them and every contract is, is another. It's just, it's there. Um, whenever I see something that says, um, reasonable or reasonableness, I circle it in the contract, and when I get through the contract, I go back and I count how many times they wrote the word "reasonable." So, like, um, employer shall reasonably make make every reasonable effort to um, pay employee on time. Okay. Well, they have to, but let's just, you you see what they're doing there. They're making reasonableness a standard. How do you measure reasonableness? It depends. It's very subjective. So I don't like the reasonableness standards in contracts. I want specific, logical, how do you compute things? How do you measure this? What days off, what vacation, all that stuff gets buried in another red flag. And there was another one that was um, it was along the lines of reasonableness, but it, you get the you get the gist. Anything that gives discretion to the employer from time to time—that's another one that 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 you see a lot. Uh, the the employer shall amend the vacation schedule from t- as determined by the employer from time to time as reasonable, right? And all these different like wishy washy indeterminate, dis- so they can change it at their whim. Okay, your your schedule from shall change from time to time. No, I want to know what my schedule is, and I want it in writing in the contract. Now, you may not be able to get that one, but I would shoot for it, especially if it's like a family practice, because that way they don't add a Saturday. They can, they can add a Saturday, and we just renegotiate that day. You're going to pay me a separate contract for that day. That's 150 bucks an hour. That's my time. Okay, see what you do? All right. Other uh, red flags. Let's see. There was uh, the reasonableness one. There was. um, uh, What else? I should have run them down, huh? That would have been a great idea. I had them all in my head before I got my car. Then I got driving and I saw a dress hanging out of a car door. (laughs) (laughs) Threw me off. All right. Let's see. Mm, What else is there? oh, here's a good one, the, um, when they defer benefits to the handbook, because they're lazy, okay, so for some things, I don't care about, if they, if they, um, if they defer to the handbook, like, you know, I don't care, if they, if their insurance plan is, changes from, you know, at to MetLife or whatever, I don't, you know, whatever. They got to get the best deal that works for them to keep the doors open. I get it, so they can defer that. But if they say, well, vacation and all benefits shall be as spelled out in the the handbook, well, the problem is, is that the handbook they can change. So when you have a contract that 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 defers to and incorporates by reference, which is what that does, the handbook as of the date that it's signed, but they subsequently change the handbook. They can unilaterally change your contract in effect. That's really what they're doing. So I've seen people sign documents and then they say, well, I, uh, you know, I used to get four weeks vacation. Now, I, you know, they, they changed the policy and they said, no more, we're, we're not doing four weeks vacation anymore. We're only doing two. You just lost two weeks vacation. Well, let me look at your contract. I review it. It turns out, oh, geez, you deferred to the handbook and they unilaterally changed the handbook. There's nothing here to hang your hat on. Because, they, they, oh, well, they said in my offer letter, well, that's not part of the contract. There's, a, there's another provision of the contract. Almost every one. I've never seen one without it that has what's called the Pearl Evidence Rule. And that basically says that if you sign this document, you are agreeing that no other document or communication will be incorporated into this document unless specifically incorporated by reference. That's essentially what it does. So an email, a contemporaneous you know, um, draft of a contract, it's got different provisions in it, doesn't matter. It's the four corners of that page that matters of your contract nothing else matters, again, it's, I'm thinking of Metallica, <laughs> I'm not going to sing today, anyways, that's pretty much it, guys, there's a bunch of other red flags, I'm sure I'll hit them as we go, as, I, as they pop up again, but those are the main ones, so c- keep that in mind, if you see something that looks shady, and your gut's telling, you know what, I don't really like this, your gut is probably going to be more right than, than you can imagine, so if it doesn't feel right, don't sign the thing get it reviewed get it explained and then um, and then go from there but don't forgive don't forget you might be passing up on a great deal just because you're scared especially new grads don't be scared so anyways guys I appreciate you listening I'm having a blast I love what I do I love my job I love love working with NPS um, if you're working today be smart be safe I want you to take care of each other help prop the profession up don't tear us down and we'll talk soon